and welcome to our podcast, which is focusing on the victim advice line here in West Mercia. Uh, my name is John Campion. I'm the uh, West Mercia Police and Crime Commissioner, and I'm joined today by two colleagues who I'll let uh, introduce themselves. Okay, my name's Suzanne Holbrook. I'm a victim care coordinator with Victim Advice Line. And I'm Matthew Chester. I'm the head of victim services for West Mercia Police and have overall responsibility for the Victim Advice Line. So, Victim Advice Line, a, a name that I know we agonised over quite a lot when we were setting it up and we'll unpack that um, in, in a moment. Um, I, as Commissioner, um, wanted to make sure when I got elected as part of my police and crime plan, we got the needs of victims and survivors at the heart of what we were doing. Very traditional criminal justice police outcomes are out there, aren't they? You know, and we, we mm. see it in the papers nationally uh, around uh, criminal justice outcomes. They go up and down over time, as they always have, have done. My interest was very much around, actually, what do we do to support people to cope and recover? Yes, criminal justice outcomes are important, etc. But for me, how that person that's had something done to them that didn't necessarily want it to be done to them, the victim or the survivor, how we support them and tailor some of the support to them to get them to cope and recover and ultimately thrive afterwards uh, would be one of was one of my uh, focuses and uh, hence why we probably are where we are today. So an interesting time to talk about um, victim services uh, and indeed why uh, the victim advice line was set up here um, uh, in West Mercia. Probably, first off, it's probably best to talk about, well, well, what is it? So the victim advice line is a service that is now managed and hosted by uh, West Mercia Police. Went live on the 1st of April um, last year, 2019. Um, so it's been operating. We're coming up to our anniversary. Yeah. Um, get the cakes out, get the candle <laughs> out. Is it really only a year? It yeah. is only a year. You just yeah. can't imagine life without it now, though, can you? I know. Awesome. We've, got, we've gone a long way. We've still got a long way to go, but we've gone a long way. Um, yes, yeah. And you know, Susie will talk about you know some of the some of the experiences that she's had and some of the the outcomes that we've been able to deliver for for victims. But I, I, I've always seen the victim advice line as being providing point of contact for the victim. Um, so um, someone like Susie, we, so we've got within the victim advice line, we've got eight victim care coordinators. So Susie being one of those, and she will contact the victim. Um, and really understand specifically for that individual, so not looking at the crime, but looking at the needs of that individual, what support do they need? Um, and we reckon out of the, I suppose, the 80,000 victims that we, you know, were reported to um, West Mercia Police every year, probably about 25, 30% of those need some level of support or information. Mm. Um, and Susie will contact them, understand their needs, and either provide um, very short-term support, um, will um, sort of facilitate uh, access into more specialist support if that's something that's agreed and that's, mm -hmm. that's something that's, uh, that's required. Um, but we'll also travel with that, that, that victim through their journey. And we know that journey for some can be, can be long and can be arduous. Um, and as they travel through the criminal justice system as well, which in itself is complex and, you know, can be quite uh, traumatic for some, um, supporting them through their, that particular journey as well. And that's what Susie does. So she's there 
to support, coordinate and facilitate access into support. Some of the things I've heard from the community and victims of crime have been about that contact, that consistency of contact. Police officers are very busy, you know, if it's a, yeah. an officer that's managing the case, it's on a shift, they work a pattern, you know, they yep. have rest days and the rest of it. Being kept informed was, uh, was something that they uh, were concerned about and that's something that the service often also takes a role in as well isn't it in terms of keeping them up to date. Definitely. Yeah very much so and you know that relationship I think you know being within the police enables that relationship to develop and to grow with um, the officers that are investigating or involved in that case. So that liaison I think has really sort of been one of the benefits of, of, of the victim advice line that we've seen, you know, developing that relationship um, um, and providing that information, informing victims of what their rights and entitlements are, as well as you know, identifying and coordinating that support that they would need to enable them to, as you've described, cope, recover and thrive. You're, um, you're part of West Mercia Police, but you're my statutory duty, as it were, which is an interesting, uh, interesting balance, isn't it, between the two. Um, your um, role is separate, isn't it, in terms of, whilst it might be a conduit, the confidential service that you run won't be repeated to the police. It is separate, yeah. isn't it? Everything that anyone talks about is, is confidential and also they don't have to have reported to the police to get um, support from victim advice line either. So there could be historic things or things that are going on in a, say, a domestic violence setting Yeah. Mm-hmm. and it helps not only around the, uh, the support they need but also it might be about supporting them to get the help they need in terms of a criminal Absolutely and sometimes you'll have a relationship with someone where you'll have a couple of conversations before they're comfortable to report or, or not even it's you can still anyone can still get support and anyone affected by crime so it doesn't have to be the direct survivor or uh, victim it can be families etc as well. So in, in terms of um, the support, I, I, and I think that's an interesting uh, perhaps area for this podcast, is actually what type of things are out there, because sometimes um, we, we're not always good at knowing what we, what we need, don't we? I know if I've got a broken leg, I, I often need, uh, you know, I need a splint or, a, uh, or, or a, uh, you know, some kind of physical measure, but a lot of these will be emotional type support. So what kind of, what kind of support is out there um, to, to our victims? Um, well, uh, uh, there's a there's a huge range of support that, that's, that's available, um, both within West Mercia, so local support um, um, services and agencies, and also some of those national ones. And again, I think you know part of the role of the victim care coordinator um, is to identify what what's the best support for that particular individual. Yeah that sometimes, best meets that need. Sometimes it's just a quick conversation. Some people don't need anything at all. Others might just need a five or ten minute one-off chat with us um, just so we can listen to the impact of what that crime might have been. Um, and other people need longer-term support where we can um, refer to partner agencies and work closely with them um, and sort of keep in touch with that, that victim or survivor throughout the whole um, support journey for them. Um, a lot of the time it is just listening and providing emotional support. So, so some of it can be from the most, what we, I think, sometimes call patronising low level. Yeah, absolutely. All yeah. the way up to the most serious and everything in between. Everything, yeah. yeah. 
And it's all, as I, as I said, it's all tailored around the individual. Mm. So even, you know, what what someone might be considered to be a, you know, a low-level crime yeah. might have a huge impact on exactly. that particular individual. They might not have the, you know, a great support network or they might be suffering, you know, from, um, you know, some other uh, disability or, or, mm-hmm. or affliction. Um, and again, it's just recognising, right, what is it? that that individual yeah. needs and how can we facilitate them to get the best service that meets that though those needs mm. and coordinate that because some of those could be really complex yeah. as you've described John yeah. you know in terms of victims of domestic uh, uh, abuse or violence and they might have multiple needs and it's for, for, for someone like Susie to identify that and coordinate that. We often hear from victims around uh, being passed from pillar to post. I've got to re-explain my story over and over again. Part of the principles of the victim advice line is that not to happen and and almost like the single point of contact often, yeah. that, that, that single individual, I think, mm-hmm. as well, isn't there, to say, I'm going to be the person you can build some trust with. Exactly. You, you build a relationship with people and they will just deal with, from that first phone call where we make contact with somebody, deal with the same victim care coordinator the whole way through that support, whether it is just that one first phone call or whether they then being um, referred to, a, a say, for example, victim support for longer-term emotional support. Um, and then at the end of that support, we would then check back in with them to see how they're doing then, has it been beneficial, is there anything else we can do for them? And we don't sort of let them go until they're happy to, for that support to finish. Because sometimes I, I hear that from the community around, well, I, I wasn't ready. And sometimes we do need a bit of support until we're ready to recognise. Definitely, it, uh, yeah. So you've obviously been involved in lots of uh, things, Susie, in terms of the uh, different cases. Mm-hmm. Are there some things that stand out to you in terms of um, uh, uh, memorable uh, issues uh, and indeed um, uh, just bring it to life for our listeners as to what might kind of they can expect from uh, yeah. engaging with the service? I think one of my most memorable cases was um, an elderly lady I um, called And reading the reports, like um, Matt said, on the surface, it might have seemed, in quotes, like quite a low-level crime. The lady, um, she was quite elderly, she she was living alone, and she'd had her walking sticks stolen from her porch. So quite on the surface of it didn't seem very high-level, but it wasn't until you got talking to her that um, I realised the impact on her. So um, she had some physical disabilities, which meant that the walking sticks weren't just any ordinary ones they were specifically for her Um, and without them she couldn't get about so the impacts on her meant that she wasn't going to her weekly social club she'd lost loads of confidence she'd lost her independence and really it had a huge impact on on her life Um, and she couldn't afford to replace them so she really was um, really suffering from from this seemingly low-level crime um, so in, in this particular instance, I spoke to her and, um, you know, obviously gauged the impact on her and gave some some emotional support around that. But um, we were actually able in this case to make uh, an application to the Police Community Fund for her. Um, and just to explain to listeners what the community, uh, Police so, Community Support Fund Yeah, it's is. a board of trustees that um, there's, there's a certain amount of funding which is available in exceptional circumstances. So in this circumstance, the lady was elderly, vulnerable, isolated, no family support really and it had had a huge impact on on her um so that was the kind of special circumstance around it and this pot of money is actually money comes from police officers itself doesn't it yes it does yeah so um the trustees were kind enough to um approve the application it was a 
fairly low sum of money and we were able to get the walking sticks ordered for her and replaced and um, we then liaised with her local safer neighbourhood team and I arranged for them to um, deliver them to her. So um, the the we in that case we were able to to sort of fix things for her. She got her confidence back. Um, she was you know back in her local community, engaging with her social club again. Um, and throughout that journey, obviously, I kept in touch with her and just kept her informed what was going on, what the status of the the application was, and she was absolutely thrilled. She didn't know that it was. Um, available um, or possible to even do this and we've got a lovely thank you card on the wall from her in our office which um, takes pride of place Um, and it is just those kind of cases that are so rewarding because like I say on the face of it you'd look at that and think it's perhaps not you know not very high level crime but to that individual once you start talking to them you can actually understand the impact which was huge to her and it was really nice to be able to to do something for her because the um in the grand scheme of the crimes that are reported to west mercia um it wouldn't have got a huge amount no. necessarily of of attention no and the the difference that the service can make is maybe that's somebody who you know might have not been able to carry on living independently in exactly. the very worst of yeah. the cases so the she was becoming more isolated and her confidence as well was starting to go. So, in, um, yeah, it had a really, really good outcome on that one and that's probably perhaps one of my most memorable cases. You and your colleagues um, uh, engage with people that sometimes are at their lowest ebbs in their, in their life. Sometimes yeah. it's the worst things that have happened. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, the, uh, it, it's something that's you know, never happened before and, and it is at the very lowest of yeah. ebbs. What, what makes you and your colleagues so passionate around doing what you're doing day in, day out for uh, for the people that really do need our, our services? It's nice to be able to make a difference. We're all very passionate about um, victim care. We all come from a victim care background and we all do genuinely care about the people we're speaking with um, and we'll all do our best to... Um, you know, to help them, whether it's just that short-term support or, or longer-term. It can be it's it can be a very, very rewarding job to do. And um, we can't always fix it for people. We can't always replace what's been stolen or make it right in that way. But what we can do is listen and, um, you know, show compassion and really listen to the impact on them. So it give, give emotional support so that they know that somebody cares about what's happened to them and, and, and how much of an impact that's had on them. And I think it's about treating them as as a human being, as a a person, as Mm -hmm. an individual, rather than they're a crime or a crime statistic. And I think that's, you know, part of that that human aspect Mm -hmm. that, you know, the Val um, brings to to, to West Mercia Police. Yeah. And what kind of backgrounds have you and your colleagues got? What kind of, uh, uh, where where, where do you come from in terms of uh, uh, different sectors? Um, I used to... uh, a few years ago, I used to volunteer for Samaritans, so that's where a lot of my um, victim care comes from. Um, but we all came from Victim Support, the charity, yeah. um, and we've all come from, from victim care backgrounds like that. So, yeah, we've got quite a long history and experience in that. <laughs> it's, uh, it's one of those areas that um, uh, the Chief Constable here in West Mercia, in, in his set of values for his police officers, talks about compassion, putting others first, that mm-hmm. selflessness. Act and sometimes the act of just listening to somebody is, is an amazing, absolutely, is yeah. an amazing gift. But the the yeah. tailoring together of the of the support uh, makes it even more uh, powerful. 
So the victim advice line is obviously the central point of where um, the victim can, can have their uh, needs understood and then the response to them, how they're made better, as it were, or supported to get better, um, uh, coordinated from. But you guys don't do it directly sometimes. There are lots of other specialist um, services out there in our community. So just bring that to life, really. What, what are those things out there that you might be able to uh, connect uh, the victims and survivors to on their journey to recovering? Um, so we work quite closely with different partner agencies such as victim support for long-term emotional support for people, um, women's aid for example for domestic violence, um, we can, can make referrals to food banks for example as well and um, we work quite closely with our colleagues in the call handlers um, next door to us so if we're particularly concerned about somebody from a safeguarding point of view we can get help to someone quite quickly which is one of the huge benefits of being based here at Hindlip. Because you're in the same building, aren't you? Yeah, in our new right next door. Room. Mm-hmm. And while separate but close enough to, to, yeah. to when not needed to needed to be. And, and and again, John, I think there's there's access into you know some of the other the other you know interventions and, and initiatives that you funded as well. Like we don't buy crime, so good relationships with with mm. with that particular team, um, with the. the the victim and witness care unit as well to support people who are going through the the criminal justice system going into mm-hmm. into court and the citizens advice uh, witness service as well so we're starting to build you know those relationships and, and and networks as well and one of the things i did want to say is you know you know each of the victim care coordinators themselves has a as an area of of specialism um and you know, part of their role is to build up their, their knowledge and understanding of their networks mm-hmm. as well so they can identify the best support that's that, that's out there, whether that be locally, regionally or, or, or nationally as well, yeah. that will support, um, you know, that each individual victim. Mm. So, Victim Advice Line, nearly a year old, nearly uh, nearly its first birthday. I can't believe it's only a year. It feel, feels like longer. I can't <laughs> imagine not having it if if, if I'm if I'm honest, but that we're not there yet in terms of the levels of people going through it that we perhaps would want. So I'd I'd put on the table that's one of our challenges still yet yeah. to yep. still yet to achieve. And we always knew that would be the case. It would take a, a time. But what are the other challenges? Do you think that we've got out there to make sure uh, that the advice line will continue to grow to deliver that uh, you know that original mantra to which we hold very dear, which is understanding victims better and tailoring the services to support their recovery and ultimately them thriving? Well, I, I think you sort of alluded to it previously. We, you know, one of the, the ambitions that we have is that we are, all our services and all our partners work together to provide a seamless end-to-end support. So from the victim's point of view, they it feels like a single service, you know, that it's, it's smooth and we're not transitioning, you know, the, the smooth transition and we're not passing someone from p- pillar to post. Mm. So I think that's one of the, 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 the key ambitions that, that we have. Yes, there are a lot of challenges, you know, in terms of uh, organisations just working together um, for a, you know, a common cause and a common set of objectives. Um, but we have, you know, a, a really strong partnership board. We, we we talk openly and honestly. We all share the same principles. So you know, we've 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 got a strong foundation on on which to build. Um, but I think it's like everything. Yeah, you know, we could always, dare I say it, do more with more. Um, and I think it is, you know, uh, at some point, you know, making sure that we've got the 
both the capacity and the capability, you know, we've got the skill sets and the understanding that actually we are able to support every victim um, and anyone affected by crime. I mm. think it's less about victims, but anyone affected by crimes, yeah. so whether they've witnessed the, the mm -hmm. event or they're a close relative of, of the mm. direct victim, you know, those are people that we, we need to reach out to as well. Um, yeah. So that actually it becomes, you know, something that is, is available and accessible when people need it. So, Victim of Outline up and running, getting its name out there, but lots of people won't have heard of, of it. Um, obviously, one of the routes you've talked about, if the if you report a crime to the police and the, the police refer you into uh, Val, what are the other routes of, uh, of uh, how people can access your service? How do they find out about you? How do they, how do they get, uh, get some support? We have um, a phone number that anyone can call. It's a free phone number. It's 0800 um, we have a website. Um, there's lots of information on the website, but one of the really important things about the website is we have live chat on there. Um, sometimes people aren't comfortable talking on the phone or they're not safe to talk on the phone. Um, there might be an, an unsafe situation. Um, we've had people come through before in domestic violence situations, come through on live chat, um, and we were able to dispatch officers to them in that situation so live chat is a really good resource on the website they can um, access the uh, the service so uh, obviously telephone number um, mm -hmm. uh, the website are there other social media channels uh, as well that, that, yeah, that you well, guys promote the services on there's the email address as well which is info at victimadviceline.org.uk we also have a social uh, twitter account and, twitter, yeah. and, a, and a facebook page as well we uh, are very keen to make sure we want to improve the lot for victims. And for me, the development of Val over the over its short life so far, you know, has shown a real change that we can make that difference in terms of the quality outcomes and the quality uh, recovery and improving the chances that somebody will cope and recover to a level um, that was uh, that they were at before they were. Um, a victim and uh, I want to thank you and your colleagues for the, the dedication I know it's not easy and uh, I mentioned it before dealing sometimes with the lowest uh, sometimes people at their lowest ebbs yeah. and, and that's, not, that's not easy or straightforward but it is making a difference. Uh, as Commissioner I'm, I'm supportive, you know I uh, from the very beginning uh, have always been, uh, we need to do something differently and this is something different here in West Mercia and it is making a difference We've got to not give up our fight to take it to the next level and indeed making sure we've got the right uh, numbers being referred in and we're helping more and more people. But um, in life and in public service, often you don't get what you're promised in terms of new projects, but it really feels like Val is delivering what it set out to do. It's not perfect, and I know none of us say no. it is, but there, it is absolutely the right foundations for mm. delivering uh, that original aspiration, which is unusual in public sector. Normally there's compromises on the way, sometimes are quite big, but this feels like it's true to its original um, cause. And, Great. I th and I think we've got that shared ambition, John, you know, yeah. West Mercia Police and, and yourself as the Police and Crime Commissioner. I think there's a real shared ambition to, to move forward. And, you know, just to put some statistics, some dry statistics to this, you know, we've reached out to, to 64,000 individuals Wow. Um, we've made contact with, with that number of individuals um, and reached out directly to 11,500 um, to offer support directly. We supported over 5,500 uh, people so far 
um, and 1,600 of those have required or, or benefited from that sort of longer-term support that our, our partners are able to provide as well. So, you know, I know statistics are dry, but behind those statistics are individuals, as, yeah. as Susie's described, and the work that she's, she's done for every one of these you know, has, has, has made a real difference to them. And, mm. and, and I think that's to be, you know, really applauded. Yeah, we have got a good team. Talking to some of uh, victims who've been through the service, um, it, some of it can be as mm. simple as mm. somebody listening to me, somebody hearing my story, somebody hearing yeah. what my needs are yeah. and knowing actually I'm not on my, not on my own. And mm. for me, you know, the story, you know, the example you used uh, around uh, the walking sticks, the most benign example, really, but actually the biggest impact. Absolutely. And, and for me, yeah. that's Val summed up. Yeah. You know, that can make a huge difference. Thank you for uh, taking part in our podcast and bringing some of it um, to life. We'll include in the description of this uh, podcast some of the ways that people can contact. But I think our message is clear. If you think you need our help or you need some help to cope and recover, having been the victim of crime, even if you don't want to necessarily report it to the police, get in touch. Um, there is our help out there. Um, we will be listening to you. We will hear what you've got to say and we will help um, work out how we can make things better. Mm -hmm. uh, just to add to that, John, sorry, it, it's, it's, it's really open-ended. So it, doesn't, it can be at any point um, of their, their particular journey. Um, and the way I'll describe it is that we will provide support when it's needed most. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.